Hey guys, this is Ryan with the Unqualified Commission Podcast. This is Corey. This week, we have a special guest. We have a special, special guest. This Very is, special guest. This is a, a, a treat for us as much as it is for you guys. Um, I can't be in here much longer with him in the room. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to introduce Owen Terry. What's up guys? How y'all? <laughs> Owen is a great friend of ours. Um, he is. Uh, he says he's unqualified, but he's a lot more qualified than Ryan and myself. Um, he he's he stands on the street corner and is an evangelist and uh, <laughs> preaches the truth. Uh, but Ryan, tell us tell us this uh, week. What what are we going to be talking about? What what before we do that? Let's pray. Oh, yeah, let's perfect. pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time. We just thank you for this this place of gathering and fellowship. And we just ask that regardless of the conversation, that you just be in the middle of everything that we speak about. And Lord, as always, we are thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, and in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so this week we are talking about revival. So I figure with all the revivals going around, I'm seeing it on Facebook everywhere, that'd be a, a good topic. <clears throat> so when you say revival... Um, are we talking traditional revival? Or are we talking what, what? What are we talking here? As what would you as define as traditional? Well, um, I again, I would believe that traditional revival is where you have a guest speaker outside of your normal church coming, and they bring you the word of God, um, and they, and it goes on. When I was a kid, this is a terrible story. But when I was a kid, I used to hate revival, right? Because like it was like. You would dread and go in. You dread and go in. You know, it was like uh, it was like every time I would need, to, I would want time to myself to play video games or do something cynical. Um, my mother would be dragging me to revival, right? And and now I look back, and that was probably the most valuable time. I just didn't realize it. Uh, but Owen, oh, what what do you what comes to mind when you think of a revival? Oh, kind of like you. Um, when I was a kid, we went to revival, and it wasn't. It wasn't a three-day thing. It was usually Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. It was. It started at seven. It might get over at ten o'clock. It might get over at ten thirty. We, we just knew we was gonna be there, and I'm like you. Um, I didn't care for going because I was like, man, do I really want to go to church on a Thursday night? <laughs> but, you know, I, I I realized that now, that was some of the greatest some of the best times I had in church was being at a revival because you do, you, you get to see other preachers that you're not normally used to seeing on a regular basis. And most of the time those guys would bring it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just flat out bring the fire. And it was, now I look back and it was awesome. It was great. So uh, we, we all have pretty similar ideas here when it comes to what we think is revival, but that is not particularly what we're talking about today. That's not uh, the only thing we're going to be talking about today. There, there's different sides or different definitions of this revival. Yeah. And but, Ryan is going to kind of tell us, like, you know, what are some different definitions of revival, you know? The definition that I got, I did some research prior to this. I said the best definition of revival is when people start to become more God conscious. They realize their need for God in their lives. And I feel like that results in them being thirsty and desiring more. And they don't know what that more is until they realize, you know, only God can fill that hole in my heart. So a thirst, see, that, that's something <clears throat> I don't believe that a lot of people talk about in traditional uh, Sunday and Wednesday churches. 
that fire, like you said, oh, and that fire, people don't have that fire. So they, I believe a lot of people are praying for revival because they're wanting that fire to grow. They, they want the desires of the Lord, but they, yeah. they, they've never experienced these emotions or these uh, responses to the Holy Spirit. So they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know how to respond to that. When I looked up the word revival, I got a different, I, I, I like the thirst or hunger, but I got a different kind of meaning to, I, I got renewal or to mm-hmm. make new again. Um, so in that aspect, a revival is not, uh, it's not where you just go on church on Thursday night. It's, it's more of a reconstruction of how you view things, how you believe things. Because like you said, those those pastors, those evangelists, they always brought the fire because they knew the truth, right? They, they knew that they studied it for themselves, but they brought something to the table that you had not experienced before. That's why you, you were drawn to them. You were drawn right. to revival because right. you were drawn to that newness of that renewal of, of, of your spirit. Mm-hmm. And I believe revival starts with repentance individually as you with you as a person and then it moves to mass. You know, it expands, it grows. Um, and that goes along with walking with God day by day and the Spirit will change your desires as we repent and turn from the sin and we continue to walk with God. So, like we talked about pre-show, you know, um, the famous words of Michael Jackson, you got to start with the man in the mirror. <laughs> uh, revival doesn't just start overnight. It doesn't just, uh, it doesn't just spontaneously happen traditionally. Uh, I have seen some spontaneous combustion Revival, let me tell you, you want to get in that because that, that's that good stuff. Um, but each person in, in a revival or each person in a church, each person in a ministry has an important job. Yeah. Um, we, I, I like to think of the analogy as a puzzle. Um, I'm a puzzle piece in this great big puzzle. Ryan's a puzzle piece. Owen is a puzzle piece. Our puzzle pieces don't look the same, but it takes us coming together and... Combining, as, yeah, working as the body of Christ. Working as the body of Christ, combining our goals and our talents and our um, gifts to make a bigger picture. Yeah, because the end game is is to present Christ to people. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the total end game of of, of what we're doing. Um, like you said, guys, it many different pieces to the puzzle, but when you put the puzzle together. And then you stand back and you look at it and you're like, oh, okay. Well, it that's flows what together it's perfectly. To be like. mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and of course, when you put a puzzle together, you're going to have some pieces. They're not going to fit exactly where they should. But, you know, as long as you keep moving it around, eventually all your pieces will fall into place. And so maybe everybody's not going to fall into place at this particular moment. But if, but if the Lord keeps moving people around, eventually everybody's going to fall into where they should be. And we can stand back and look at this puzzle and be like, oh, man, this is awesome. This is great. Because, like you said, different pieces, but in the end game, it's all to glorify God. It's all to present Christ to people in the way that he should be presented. Well, I want to really kind of hit on that. You know, I I really want to hit that each piece is different. You know, just because I fit into a certain corner of the puzzle, doesn't mean that your revival is going to look like that. Doesn't mean that Ryan's revival is going to look like that. Um, and you got you can't get discouraged because someone's puzzle piece went into their puzzle a little faster than yours. And we're all of equal importance. We're all equal importance. Again, uh, if you look at this big picture, if you see a piece missing, 
you're going to know the puzzle is incomplete. It doesn't matter if it's a 10,000-piece puzzle or if it's a 15-piece puzzle. If a piece is missing, those equally carry as much weight uh, as importance. You know, <clears throat> and I, I feel this for myself, but I, I struggled with finding my value and finding what I brought to the table. Um, and yeah, I was getting discouraged that, you know, other ministries were growing and other things were, were coming to pass. And, and I failed to realize that I carry an important role in this puzzle just as much as everybody else. You know, I, I, I failed to realize that. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was seeking those, those feelings. You know, I felt I wanted a place to belong. I was looking for something new. And so I really, that's where the renewal definition, but I, I can see the thirst and the hunger definition that you said, like, cause my heart was thirsting for something, but I didn't know what it was, mm -hmm. you know? So I kind of want you to tell me like, uh, another aspect of revival uh, we've talked about a few of them, but t tell me like deeper of, I guess, meaning or study that you conducted into the revival to kind of like help us understand un and unpack this word and un yeah. un unpack this, I, I guess, um, belief or ideas, you know. We've, all, we've talked about repentance already, but another point of repentance is one of the greatest revivals that's ever started it was with Martin Luther in the 95 Theses. Um, these were points that he found wrong with the Roman Catholic Church. He wanted change to happen. And the first four of the 95 points focused on repentance. It, he drilled in on how important that was. Um, so you say repentance, and I, I, I really kind of want to unpack this a little bit. Uh -huh. You know, with repentance, uh, repent means to turn away from, right? Yeah. Right. And in, in metalworking, I don't know if you guys are familiar with metalworking, but... Uh, <clears throat> Metalworking, they will build a large fire and then they'll bring it down to coals and they will stick a metal into those coals. And in the process, the impurities are brought to the surface. So your your impurities have to be brought to the surface before the Lord can make you pure, right? Yeah. So you have to, the Lord has to reveal to you that there's some impurities in your life before, it, you know, you have to repent from those before you can be made whole as a, as a pure peace. Repent and turn away. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe a lot of people pray for revival, but when they're put into the fire, they start holding grudges. They start acting up. They start going away from what the Lord wants. Yeah, they want they, out of it. They, they want yeah. out of the fire, right? But you, you have to realize that the fire is where the, separation happens you know yes. uh, uh, we talked about today in today's message at our church but you have to be careful what you pray for yes because, uh, because the lord will answer your prayer but he won't answer it in the way that you think um if if you're praying that you want you know a bigger more people to preach to you know the lord may put you through some tribulations you know he may put you and through some things that make you move locations or make, you know, th but you, you're seeing that you've lost your job. You're seeing, you're seeing the negative side when in all truth and reality, the Lord's actually blessing your prayer that, that you want to grow your ministry, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Serving God is not comfortable. <laughs> That's and, the truth. And, you know, we, as Christians, sometimes we get a little comfortable in what we're doing and God has not called us to be comfortable. He's called us to be obedient. And I believe that with this revival, sometimes it's birthed out of a spirit of obedience. Some somebody pray, well, God, this is this is what I want. This is what I want to happen. Well, of course, God blesses them with it. 
Now, some people will run away from it. They get a little uncomfortable. And some people will say, okay, God, this is exactly what I'm going to do. If this is what you told me to do, I'm, I'm doing it. And because of those obedient people, I believe a lot of times that's where a lot of revivals come from because somebody's obedient and they took God at his word and they trusted him and they obeyed him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he blessed them for it. Well, you know, like I said earlier, you know, it was uncomfortable for me to go on Thursday nights or Tuesday nights. Instead of choosing the worldly things, it was uncomfortable to go to those revivals. You know, so it, it, you know, the truth of the Lord always comes full circle. So it's amazing that it's like we don't compare notes or anything, but it always it always confirms, you know, exactly what we're what we're saying. And once we're uncomfortable, that's when we choose to depend and rely on God instead of ourselves. We're out of our comfort zone. But when we're uncomfortable, when we're in that state of heat and we're in that state of uh, molten metal, yeah. that's when we can be molded into what God wants us mm -hmm. to be. You know, that's when we can be made into a great sword or be great in, or what whatever that metal needs to be turned into. So uh, I really like I. <laughs> I don't think that you'll find that in the Merriam Dictionary, but I think a good word for revival would be uncomfortable. Uh, I think that would definitely mm -hmm. fit that when you when you start looking at it this way. And see, I, I, I like to do it like this because I think you find non-traditional words that can mean or can make you draw an idea to an idea without using traditional English. And we all know English is, is not my favorite language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not mine either, <laughs> at all. Uh, I can attest, many episodes, I sometimes forget how to language. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Uh, speaking of being uncomfortable, I believe that the revival is, is headed this way. This is something that I've prayed for. But I also believe that is the revival that's coming to our area, I believe it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. Because it's going to be something that we've never seen before. Something new and something different. Than, yeah, something yeah. new and something different. And it's going to make them uncomfortable because they can't control it. They can't put it in a box and say, okay, here's your revival. It could draw their curiosity, though. Yes, yeah. a lot, and a lot of people will be curious. Mm -hmm. I believe that as well. I believe a lot of people that's coming to the Lord is going to be people that we never thought would come. And they're, yeah. not, they're not necessarily going to look like your average churchgoer, whatever that may be. Yeah, They're not going to look like that. They are actually going to be the outcasts of society, so to speak, the mm -hmm. people that nobody wanted. I believe those are the people, when this revival happens, that they are going to be the ones that's going to step to the forefront and say, hey, we're here to lead the new the new charge, the charge against sin, the charge against unrighteousness. They, they're there to stand at the forefront and say, we are servants of God. And, you know, I believe it's going to be a lot of our young people. I believe that. I might be wrong. I could be way off. I really could. But I believe it's going to be a lot of our young people. They are going to step to the forefront because they have, they have a zeal, so to speak. They have a zeal for God. They have a hunger for God. Matthew 5, 6 right here, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness they shall be filled. So I believe they're mm -hmm. they going to have a hunger and a thirst for God, and they're going to get it. Well, you know, uh, the, the Scripture says the, the Lord's building up an army. Yes. Right? Uh, and and if you look at the traditional army, like I was in the Navy, but, uh, you know, your front your front men and women, they, they don't all look the same. Yes, they look in uniform, but the military doesn't discriminate to white, black, Chinese, Asian, 
uh, you know, they they don't care what color you are. They don't care what your sexuality is. They don't care. They don't care, right? right? But they're all there to fight the same purpose and goal. So I, I believe, just like a traditional army, the, the Lord's army is going to be every person that comes from every wake of the world and comes from every walk of life, but there to fight for the same goal and purpose. You know, it's, yes. uh, it's not going to be, and it may, it absolutely may, I don't want to say it's not, but it it's probably not going to be your your man who's in the button-down suit and tie, who you would think is the preacher of the congregation. It might not be him. It may just be your average Joe Farmer who knows the truth and is wanting to spread it. You know, mm-hmm. so he may be he may come in in some coveralls <clears throat> and some boots, but he knows the truth. And, right. You know, uh, you got to be able to discern. You know what what spirit is coming from, but I, I don't care what you look like. If you got the truth, I'm gonna listen to you. Right. You know, that that's that's just the the root of it. Let's uh, switch it around a little bit. Let's talk about the Asbury revival in Kentucky. Um, it started February eighth, and they had a regular service at first, and after after the service, twenty students stayed and began to worship and pray for each other. The uh, chapel speaker ended it with a prayer, and at the end of the prayer, he said, "Revive us by your love." And some of the students said, uh, "Peace descended in the room," and over time, more people began to come in and join. Um, and as of a few days ago, this has spread to other schools such as Sanford, Lee, and Cedarville University. And some people question whether it's an actual revival or not. What are your thoughts on that? Well, a revival, the, the, the revival don't have to be, you don't have to say, there ain't no number in here. It don't say yeah. it has to be 377 people saved and baptized <laughs> before you can have a revival. Yeah. There, there's none of that in the in the scripture. I mean, honestly, I think you can have a one-person revival. I mean, I think it's more fun the more people get involved. But, I mean, I think, honestly, I think you can walk in a way of life for so long and then finally see the truth and finally have your open your eyes opened and see what the Lord has planned for you and be jumping up in joy. I mean, up and down. And I, I, I honestly, I believe every time that somebody comes back that has been doing secular or worldly things and they come back, I think that's a revival. I, I mean, I, I really, I really do because that's a renewing of the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a renewing of the person. And if you know someone who's truly came back and has truly stepped back into the word of, and, and truly stepped into the scripture, that old man died. I mean, their face is different. Their demeanor is different. I mean, they're they're different. They look different in every single way. I mean, the, if you ever see someone who's delivered uh, from like depression, from delivered from you know anxiety, I mean, their their whole personality changes because what they define themselves as they just depri- de- oh, I'm just depressed or oh I'm just I just have anxiety or oh I have this or oh I have that and that that they allowed that to define who they were. They have a new identity. They yeah. have a new identity in Christ, right? And so it's like, so I honestly wholeheartedly believe that, that every single time someone comes to know the truth, that that's a revival. But I, in the traditional sense, I mean, revival, uh, where two or more are gathered, he's, he's there. So, you know, mm-hmm. a revival can be big or small. And, and the thing is, uh, this is, I, I grew up farming and, and growing crops. This is, and, and, and I know the Lord was speaking to me because there uh there's farm analogies in this book more than there there are are not so you know if you plant one kernel of corn it will grow up and it will be 
a lot of corn. There's a lot of kernels of corn on an ear of corn. Mm-hmm. And when you, if you plant that one seed, it 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 grows and spreads. And then when that person plants their seeds, it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. So even if you um, don't see it as traditional revival, but you plant the seed in somebody, they may take that and plant the seed and plant the seed, and you may be reaping a harvest many generations down the line that if you wouldn't have been obedient, that you wouldn't even known. You know, there may have been people's generations, lineages, and everything changed because you planted the seeds in one single person. You don't have to... That's like a revival behind the scenes. Right, revival yeah. behind the scenes, right? You don't have to be... You don't have to know. You don't have to be in the spotlight for there to be blessings upon you and your seeds to be spread throughout the world, you know? And mm-hmm. I really think that's where the show comes in. Is so, you know, we don't see all your faces we don't see all the audience's names we don't see but we we know that we're speaking the truth and we're planting the seeds and it, and the lord will do his work the mm-hmm. lord will make sure that who needs to hear this hears it and that the conviction is convicted where they need to be convicted you know um, but that's what i really love about this ministry is i don't have to be in the spotlight i don't have to see every single person's face to know that my ministry is is being spread out there right right um second corinthians five seventeen says if any man be in christ he is a new creation it says behold all things have passed away and everything is made new so once we come to the saving knowledge of jesus christ we get a new lease on life and like you said we get a new walk we get a new talk we get a new attitude and that stuff is contagious you know, and mm-hmm. it is, it's fun by yourself, but it's way more fun when you can enjoy it with other people. And, you know, and in the Bible, you know, revivals, so to speak, happen all the time. Every time the disciples come to town, it was either a revival or a riot because yeah. either folks liked it or they didn't. And they would run them out of town. But what would the disciples do? They'd either come back to that town or go find another town and it's the same thing all over again. So, yes, you know, I believe it's a move of God, and I'm glad to see it. I'm happy mm-hmm. that it's happening. And like I said before, I think more of that is coming. But I also believe with that, it's going to come a lot of people that's going to be real negative towards it because it's not what they've seen It's before. not traditional. It's not yeah. a traditional revival. Because what I liked about the Asbury revival was no preaching, no lights, no fog machines. No, no lights, no fog machines, no big time gospel singers, none of that. It was just people in a building mm-hmm. choosing to worship and love God. And that's all you really need. Mm-hmm. That and to me, man, that that's awesome just for that to even happen. And you know, you didn't see anybody, you know, you see people get up and sing, they get down, they have more time for prayer and worship, somebody else get up and sing. They get down, somebody else get up and sing, and it was it's awesome to see stuff like that because it lets us know that we don't have to have all the stuff that we think we need to have. You know, we don't need lights, we don't need fog machines. It's just us and God, and that's all we need. Now, we're not saying it's wrong to have those things, you know. Right, I'm that not could be, that could be that an accessory. Wrong. Right. Yeah, but but at it's, the end it's of not the day, needed for. Yeah. Right, but at the end of the day. You and God, us and God, we are the majority. Yeah. 
So it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, we can have the license to follow, follow it just the depends sins. on where your main focus is. Right. Is your, is your heart. Where's your heart at? Yeah. Are you focused on the lights or are you focused on him? Mm-hmm. Well, I believe, and I think Ryan can attest to this, you know, the hardest thing is just getting started. Yes. You know, um, even in this ministry, you know, everyone, we could argue all day, well, we don't have the best mic, so we don't have the best soundboard, or we don't have the, but the thing is, the Lord will bless and the Lord will grow your ministry as he needs it to grow. You know, um, you can't, you can't build a skyscraper without having your foundation first, right? So right. you gotta, you gotta set the foundation of truth, right? But I, uh, I believe, I believe you're right, right uh, that I believe there's going to be a gathering of masses that who want to see, but I believe there's going to be some disgruntled people but I believe they're going to be putting on a front. I think they're going to be putting on a fake that says like, oh, I'm so tough. I don't need that. Uh, when deep down, they're there just the same reason. They just don't want the world to know that they're mm-hmm. there for the same reason. Right, right. Um, you know, it's it's funny that you said riot or, you know, they would, they would run them out of town. But, you know, the disciples were smart because they knew the disciples would get ran out of town. So what they did is they started telling people to go to those places and they you know, disguise themselves as one of those people from that area, and they would those people would start talking to those friends, and then it started and you know, get their curiosity up, you know. And it was it was always like, well, have you heard about this man? He can heal. Have you heard about this? And and I don't know about you, but when people in my inner circle start talking about things, I start getting my curiosity. And even if I don't like something. If everyone around me is talking about it and doing it, I just at least want to check it out. You know, at least know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and it, at least see for yourself if this is real or not. And when you find out that it is real, you're like, man, wait a minute. where Where's this been? Where? Mm-hmm. How, why did I miss this? You know, it's just like when I finally decided to go all in for Christ. What did I miss? You know, and I'm, and I'm finding out now everything that I missed because I chose to live for the world instead of live for God. And I've, you know, I went to church. I've been in church pretty much my whole life. And I've seen people. And, you know, when, you, when you're living for the world, you're just like, eh, you're not really interested. But the day I decided that I was going to live for God, it was like somebody turned the light switch on. It was that simple for me. And I was like, where's this been? Where, where, where did this come from? You know, who is this Jesus guy? I remember and, that day for you. Yeah. You and, stood up and started screaming. Yes, yeah. because it, it finally clicked, uh-huh. man. It, it, it finally went off in my head like, hey, there is a God. There is mm-hmm. somebody. And he loves you. And you are forgiven for everything that you've ever done. And so now I started reading the word of God. I'm like, man, this is, is awesome. Why, why, are, why is not anybody else taking this and using this, you know? Well, I think that goes to, uh, you know, I heard, and this was a secular video. It was on YouTube. And the, this man, I don't know his relationship with Christ. It did not seem that he had one, but based on his vocabulary and based on, but he said something, you know, he, he said he was acclaimed, he had claimed to be an atheist. But he said, the problem with the Christian walk of life he said, no one's all the way in. You know, he said, the, the problem is, is he said, if if you truly knew that every single person was going to face heaven or hell, and he said, this is what turned people away, and you are not willing to preach this, and you're not willing to be screaming it from the rooftops, 
then he said he's done with you. Because he, he said, if you're not willing, if you knew somebody was going to die and go to hell, and you're not willing to try to help yeah. them out, he yeah. said, you're a pretty sorry person. He yeah. said, and, and I think that's in the Christian walk. I think a lot of people, they claim to be Christians. They claim to, but when it comes to walking the walk and it comes to spreading the word, they're, you know, they're, they don't, they don't want to talk. They don't want to read their scriptures. Oh, oh so the, the preacher will preach to me on Sunday. It's not the preacher's job to, to have a relationship with Christ. It, this is all about a personal relationship with Christ. Right. And you can't be saved by your preacher's salvation. You, can, you yeah. cannot your be parents saved or, yeah. Yeah. by your preacher's salvation. Yeah, that, church membership, stuff like that, it, it won't save you. But you I, know. It, it baffled me. I guess it, it like it hit me right in the face that it's like, if this acclaimed atheist realizes that if we can't preach our own words, what we're, we're claiming that we are, we can't preach it, like... You're a pretty sorry person. That's just yeah. like a, you know, that's, you're pretty sorry, not only just as a sorry Christian, but you're pretty sorry as just a human being. Like if you, mm -hmm. if you know somebody's getting hurt and you know, and you don't step in, uh, that's pretty like low well, down well, to, look, to me. Look at the other side and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to try to get political or nothing like that. But if you look at the other side of things and you see, Hey, look, they in the streets marching, they call their congressman. They are doing whatever they need to do to get their point across. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who's offended by them. And it doesn't matter who they offend. They are doing exactly what they know they need to do. Whether it's wrong or not, they're doing exactly what they know they need to do to get their point across. And a lot of times, us as Christians, we just stand there like, well, what do I do? Well, first of all, you read the word of God. You pray. You fast. You study. You witness, you do everything that you know you're supposed to do. And the more, the merrier. And see the other, I say the secular side, I'll put it to you that way. They have figured that part out because like I said, they're going protest. It doesn't matter to them, they're protest. Well, that's why the new age movement is so popular because Christian, as Christians, we claim, oh, we're just open to everybody that we will take you as you are. And then, but when the, when the rubber meets the road, it's like, oh, well, we want you to do this. We want you to do this. We want you not say this. It, well, that's why the New Age movement is so popular is because it's like they really do take anybody. They'll mm -hmm. take anybody. Who, you know, if they don't yeah. care if they're wrong, they'll take yeah, anybody. Yeah, they'll take them. Whoever's got a pulse and a heartbeat, they'll show up and, hey, right on, buddy. And, okay, but the Bible tells us that there are things that we should not do, period. We shouldn't do it. The Bible is clear on sin. We should not be committing sin and we shouldn't be compromising to sin. If it's wrong, it's wrong. It doesn't matter. You know, well, yeah, Jesus loves you as the way he, as you are. Yes, he does. But he's not going to leave you that way. Yeah. But if we were as passionate as we pretended to be about the gospel, we wouldn't be in this position as we, or we are today. Right. The, the thing is, like you said, the, the secular world. They're passionate. They're yes. passionate about their beliefs. I mean, yes. they, they, they'll walk. They'll carry that hill, not down that hill. You know, <laughs> they, they they don't care if they're wrong, and they don't care if they're going to hell in a handbasket. They're passionate about those beliefs. You know, yes. and and here we are as Christians. This is one of the discussions that I've had. Um, us as Christians, we will argue over King James or New King James. We'll argue over stuff like that. That should be the least of our worries. Yeah. Look, the way I feel is this. Okay, this is how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. 
How good are you at math? I'm your average Joe, I think. Okay, so if I hand you a book on calculus, could you perform any problem in that book? Not without studying. Okay. <laughs> so, so, okay, so you, so you had somebody that just got saved, a, a King James Version Bible, they're not going to know what it says. If you hand them a, a ESV or NIV, they, they might start to figure a little bit of it out. And I believe that God is more pleased that we, when we take what we learn and we apply it to our lives, because eventually, yes, I believe you should graduate towards the King James Version, if you can understand it. But I also believe that you should take whatever you learn and whatever Bible you're reading and you apply it to your life, because that's the main thing that we need to start doing is taking the word of God and applying it to our lives the way that we're supposed to, not the way that somebody's upset because, well, you're not reading King James. Well, what difference does that make at this point? That's a conversation for a later date. Right now, people need just need they need to hear the word of God, mm -hmm. and they need to hear it in a form where they can understand exactly what it says and take it and use it. You know, get saved. You know, well, what is what is salvation? You know, you go up to somebody and ask them that they have no idea what salvation is. But when you break it down and you say, well, hey, this is salvation and this is what salvation means. All right. Fine. Y'all remember at the Florida encounter when Sean did the teaching on baptism? Well, at first, everybody kind of, they didn't know. Well, then he broke it down and explained what it meant. And then everybody was like, okay, cool, fine. Mm -hmm. That's the way we need to be with this. We need to break this down to where people can understand exactly what it says. Then we can teach them. That way they can graduate from being a baby Christian into being a strong and well-fed Christian because that's where we lack it. We got a lot of baby Christians, but not a lot of strong and well-fed Christians. And I'm talking about people that's been saved 30, 40 years. They're not strong and well-fed because they haven't taken this and digested it the way that it should be. Well, Ryan and I talked about this on a, on a past episode, but you know, Everyone gets hung up on what version of the Bible you got. Everyone gets hung up about the, should you do this, should you do that. Okay, I promise you, it don't matter what translation it is, I don't. I promise you. You read that, even if you read it one sentence a day, at the end of a year, you're going to be a better person than you were with not doing that. Right. And, and Tony says this, and Tony says, you know, sometimes there's going to be bad crops, right? He, he talks about throwing away the, you know, the the bad corn. He he used a lot of corn analogy, but he says, you know, when your corn grows, <laughs> sometimes there's some bad crooked corn. Right. You know? He said that doesn't stop you from grabbing the good seeds, saving right. the good seeds, and replanting the good seeds. Just throw it's, away the bad seeds. Just throw away yeah. the bad seeds. This is a learning experience. And right. I, I I despise that Christians we we get tangled up in. Oh, you're not a King James version Christian. I, well, let me tell you something. You know what the best translation of an uh, of 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 a language is? No translation. So you wanna you wanna tell me that you should be a King James version? I want you to read me the Greek and Hebrew. I want you to see the actual words, and I want you to teach me the Greek and Hebrew. Because if you're that stickler about a King James version Bible, then I, I want to hear your Hebrew because Thank that, you. that's the best. The best translation is no translation. Thank you. So uh, <laughs> personally, I use NIV. And, and again, <laughs> yeah, Ryan and I have talked about this. Ryan and I have different views on the same thing. <clears throat> but the thing is, Ryan and I understand and we respect each other enough that we still respect. And Owen, I respect you too. It's it, we respect each other as men, 
even though we see differently on different things, you know, right. and that's that's where that's where our iron sharpens iron. We're we're growing. Even right. even if you believe you should be a King James person, and he believes that you should be a message only Bible, and I'm somewhere crazy in the middle and say, I'm just trying to read what I can read. Right, right. <laughs> and, and and that's the thing, man. If we could just take what we learn and apply it, that's the main part, you know. Yeah. Because right now, man, you know, going back to revival, you know, God is looking for people that's going do what he wants mm -hmm. that's what he's looking for a you vessel know? yeah he's a looking for vessel, a willing vessel, vessel. it's yeah. not about thou shalt not look it's the word of god take it use it it's okay you know eventually yes you might get to the king james that's fine i'm a new king james guy it's fine you know whatever i'm not knocking anybody because hey if somebody's reading the bible great for them that's mm -hmm. that's that's one of the main keys is reading and trying to figure out what this says and, and apply it to your life that's the main part us as christians we get hung up on so much crazy stuff you know people people go crazy over the wildest things i mean they argue over what color the wall should be painted what colors the carpet god don't care about none of that you go over to africa man they have a revival in pole barn these people are on the dirt floor and here we are, got a building, and we rather fight about what color it is. Nobody cares. It's mm -hmm. God here. It's a, that's the. It's a personal relationship <laughs> with God. That's right. the, the, the. You got to keep the that in focus. <laughs> Everything else will come in yes. when it needs to come. But you got to. We overcomplicate Christianity we so do. much. It's like you yeah. got to. You got to do this. And you got to do this. And you ain't got to do nothing. Yeah, just it's come just to God. God's grace that He gave you free salvation. You just got to accept it. That, yes. It, Period. Yeah. That's it. You know, I, I feel like it's like we're always constantly trying to grammatically change this and grammatically fix it. It's like forget about gr grammar for about 10 seconds in yeah. your life and just understand that because Jesus, we live. Yes. Period. You know, it, it it's that simple. If a child can understand this. I don't understand how we're trying to get doctorate degrees out of the <laughs> out of Bible theory. That's and that's. When Ron and I started this podcast, that's why I said, I said, if we just read the scriptures and make it accessible to everybody yes, and just make it digestible, if it's wrong, you correct us, we will study up on it and we will recalculate our course, but we're just trying to get you to what the word of God says. Yes. Period. But uh, I really enjoyed having Owen on our show this, uh, this week. We are uh, definitely seeking more guests. If you're interested in having, uh, being a part of our show. We actually have a few lined up right now. We do. Uh, yeah, so uh, just, just please email us. We got to find time and, yeah. <laughs> email us at theunqualifiedcommission at gmail.com. Um, again, we want to hear your your views, your beliefs, your, your ideas. We want to hear your opinions on this show. Uh, I, I know Owen, myself, and Ryan. We we disagree on some things. Uh, again, you, you heard when the when when Owen said what version he read, and Ryan says he read, and I read. There's disagreements. I can't talk to Owen anymore. But <laughs> we're, we're done. Owen, Ryan is. Done. I'm sorry. Ryan is not telling the truth. Ryan loves oh, Owen man. just as I do. But yes. uh, that's where we're coming together, and we're not bashing each other. We're not trying to tear each other down we're actually lifting up to each other in prayer and we're interceding on each other's behalf and we're trying to grow as a as a body well i just want to say thank you guys for having me on first and foremost uh 
you know, I've always wanted to be a part of a podcast, but that's besides the point. But the fact that we come together and we are discussing the word of God and we are discussing movements of God and, and the things that God is doing, that to me is way more important than what version of the Bible you read. As long as you're reading it and applying it, that's mm -hmm. the main part. You know, we, yeah, we might not read the same, the same Bible, but does it really make me any more spiritual than you two? No. Does it make y'all any less spiritual than me? No, not at all. You know, I mean, what's the name of this podcast? Unqualified, Unqualified. Commission. Mm -hmm. Look, we're not, none of us has a PhD. We're not. Not yet anyway. Oh, well, except for <laughs> you, you, you. You go for it. Shoot for the stars, man. But right now, we don't have any PhDs. We're not, you know, well-learned men. We're just three average guys that love the Lord. And that's, that's, a, that's great for me. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the mm -hmm. show. And we would certainly, we'll have you back. You, you just let us know. So we uh, we may be having uh, Owen come in different appearances. Um, we, uh, like we said, when we started this, we are, we're not, we're not set by a schedule. We're not set by rules and regulations. We're, we're just trying to enjoy getting together and spreading the love of Christ. But uh, that's all we have this week. This has been the Unqualified Commission podcast. This is Corey. Ryan. And this is Owen. And we're out.